do 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 it's the side quest your beautiful wonderful amazing weekly journey into the wide world of video games uh i'm dolly Demofsky, and i am your host for this week because looks like there's nobody else here unfortunately but we'll still have a we'll still have a good time <clears throat> we'll enjoy we'll uh we'll enjoy it man i'm still recovering um I was in Japan last week, and so I came back on Friday after like 20 plus hours of flying and all that good stuff. And uh, so I told the team, I'm like, you know what, do you guys do you guys want to skip Friday and then we'll <clears throat> we'll record on Sunday? Yeah, that sounds great. It's so cool. It right, sounds great. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Um, we'll we'll do Sunday. Where are they? They ain't here. They ain't here. Goes to show you who's the dedicated one. <laughs> Just kidding. And the very tired one. Yeah, so I'm super tired. Those long flights are very long. <clears throat> very long indeed. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's always a pleasure to head out to Japan and and, and places as such, especially um, because they're work mandated. That's the whole reason I had to go there. Um, uh, but I enjoyed my time there. Uh, the cool thing about Japan, <clears throat> um, so I went on, let me rephrase it, I'll rewind it. I went Saturday last week, the, the 15th, and I got there Sunday night because the whole time difference thing, and then I um, uh, left on Friday. So kind of a quick whirlwind trip, um, one might say, <clears throat> and uh you never get acclimatized to or acclimated, acclimatized, whatever, acclimated to that that time change on that short period of time. You you kind of need a week, it feels like it, or like three solid days to catch up. Usually when you're flying the other way, like flying back here <clears throat> east, um uh you have to you, you kind of crash that night just, just or try to stay up as late as you can and then go to sleep that way you can catch up it's not the same over there uh, i was fighting the hours of difference and all that and the flight wasn't wonderful but um only because it was long uh, and you're kind of you're out you're just kind of trapped in a seat <laughs> for 12 13 hours plus each way um however <clears throat> i will say uh kudos to HBO for having uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm available to watch on those flights because, holy cow, that was, uh, there were a lot of episodes that I haven't seen and they just happened to have that whole season, which was, like, I think, two or three seasons back. Just freaking laughed at the entire flight. I think the dude sitting next to me, definitely on the flight, flight back, dude sitting next to me was getting mighty annoyed at, um, at me constantly laughing. But uh, uh, I didn't get it as much gaming in as I wanted to, by the way, this is where I went. Can you tell I'm a tourist? Totally a tourist. Didn't get as much gaming in as I wanted to. Um, I had packed my switch with me thinking, all right, I'm finally going to, uh, take out enough of Zelda, uh, so that I can complete it. <clears throat> that was the goal. I want to complete Zelda. And then I wanted to complete Zelda before like Pikmin four came out, at least to put a stake in the ground. Uh, because, then I can, I know Pikmin has a much clearer end game, which means I would actually put aside Pikmin 
and play Final Fantasy 16. I thought maybe I can hop into FF 16 afterwards, but I didn't get a chance to play as much. I probably only put like five or six hours in during the week because you're at meetings the whole time and trying to get a bunch of stuff done. And we were working late, <clears throat> work until like, you know, eight, nine o'clock there with our customers and stuff and at our office. And then I'd get back to the hotel and I'd call into morning meetings here in the U.S. And that would last till sometimes till midnight. <clears throat> so a little tired from that. And then you wake up and you start the process over again. You don't, re don't really get a chance to to game uh, in that span. So I could sneak in an hour here and there, but really the majority was, uh, during, um, during the flight, I put some, you know, some hours in to the flight, but yeah, I think maybe only six, seven, eight hours total that whole week, which is a bummer. I, like I said, I really wanted more time to Zelda and to get through a bunch, but hop back in. I probably put more in, uh, yesterday and today, <laughs> playing Zelda than I did uh, while I was in Japan for those five, six, seven days. Uh, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I keep getting sidetracked because it's such a huge game. It's it's my favorite game of all time. It has eclipsed um, Breath of the Wild, which narrowly eclipsed Link to the Past. Link to the Past was that sentimental choice. <clears throat> Breath of the Wild is, was the actual favorite game of all time. Tears of the Kingdom has surpassed Breath of the Wild because there's just... So much to do, so many people to help. Uh, and uh, that's actually a point that I wanted to get to. I'm gonna get in the news, and there's a, only a little bit of news, get in the news in a second. But I did want to talk Zelda because, um, the reason I love the game so much is there's and this wasn't in previous Zelda games, definitely not in, in Breath of the Wild. <clears throat> and you don't see this a lot in RPGs, you see this, what I'm about to say, more in some of these social games. Uh, you see it in a few RPGs, West, few Western RPGs, but not maybe like some bits of Elder Scrolls type of stuff here and there, and a little bit of Mass Effect. Uh, but it's the idea of a sort of a sense of duty. Um, and what Zelda does really well is, where in a lot of those games you complete a side quest and you're you're kind of done with the NPC. Maybe you'll get a second one out of them, uh, but. Because of what Tears of the Kingdom does, which is a lot of the characters reference each other. They walk around the world. They travel. You bump into them over and over again. You solve those. You'll, you'll solve somebody's quest down in uh, Gerudo, and then you'll bump into them again in um, Akala or in Luralin Village or, you know, wherever else or in the on the Great Plateau, just randomly walking around. You're like, oh, dude, what are you doing out here? <clears throat> it's you're connected to these these characters a lot more. And then because of that, because you're seeing them pop up, because you bump into them, you're starting to remember, remember names, you're making these connections, there's this sense of duty that I felt, that I feel playing Tears of the Kingdom that I haven't felt before. And that when I turn off this game, it's kind of like when you turn off Animal Crossing, you're starting to think, oh, what, am I, what are my little dudes, what are my dudes doing? What are my villagers doing? This Hyrule <coughs> is like one big village and you're constantly trying to keep track of what everybody's doing and making sure they're happy and making sure they're all set. Um, not from the kind of social farming aspect, but the idea of you're interacting with them and you feel like because the world isn't saved, you still owe them 
more. And a lot of them are trying to like, they're trying to live their lives and trying to restore their villages or in some restore family dynamics in some, or go to the school and you're helping school teachers out that it really connects you to these characters way more than I felt connected in, in like any other RPG, very few RPGs. And I think that's why, because the nature of Zelda being this open world majesty, um, where the main plot is secondary to discovery, to creation, to it, people and interaction. Um, I think that's, God, it, I think that's what just grips me so much about this game. If they made an open world Zelda game like this, the third one, and I, I actually do think that they're going to make a trilogy out of this because they said they had ideas for what the next Zelda game could be. How, you can't go back from an open world game like this into something that's a little more closed, like, uh, you know, Ocarina or something, which isn't isn't an open world. <clears throat> um, but I feel like you could just have a Zelda as a platform where it's just, it's just Hyrule. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, exactly. The only thing you could do a third open world Zelda. Um, <clears throat> it's way too much. But imagine just this big giant Hyrule and Nintendo or whoever is just feeding you quests and things to do. Like, give me Hyrule Crossing instead of Animal Crossing. I mean, that could be kind of, to me, that's the, that sense of duty that I want to keep cultivating, keep growing Hyrule and keep helping Hyrule. And I think that's what, what gets me so into Zelda. And I mean, the side quests are, are great. There's, there's very few that I did not like, like the one that I solved just um, uh, before I started the podcast was the flute kid Piper. And uh, Piper was one of the band, the traveling band and you have to find him. <clears throat> and they're uh, they say, Oh, we heard, we heard Piper, his friends actually looking for him. I, I heard Piper um, just North of the stable uh, I heard music playing, but I really want, I'm, I'm worried about Piper, but I, I've heard, people have said they've heard music playing just north of the stable. So I go to the stable and I went to the wrong forest. I went all the way out there and collect, just randomly collected stuff. And then I finally scaled back. I'm like, okay, let me find out where this person actually is. Walk back to the stable. And as I'm walking back to the stable, I hear that music. I'm like, wait a minute, that's, that's the pipe. Why didn't I, why that's the flute? Why did I not hear it before? And then, of course, I just look up and he's just sitting in the tree that I've passed a million times because I didn't think it was going to be that simple of a solution. But then you talk to Piper and then you give him fireflies and then you go bring his friend over and they have this like great little heartfelt reunion. I think, man, that is just that's just cool. And so I completed that quest and the great fairy and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. <clears throat> and uh, it's those types of things that I freaking love. I would love a. Maybe the third part of this trilogy or maybe a whole separate Animal Crossing style game of Zelda where you're just helping Hyrule uh, could be kind of fun. I think that could be kind of could, that. Man, that could be cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, Zelda, I'm going to freaking finish it so I can get into. I have uh, Pikmin 4 sitting over here. I played through the demo. I really, I really enjoyed that wordy ass wordy demo. But and I got Final Fantasy 16. I'm gonna pick up Final Fantasy 16. I'm just waiting for it to drop on sale. Surprise, it hasn't gone on sale. Usually, video games will go on sale within the first couple of weeks. FF 16. It's been a month and still hasn't uh, hasn't seen any sale price. I thought we were gonna see something for Prime Day, but we didn't. Um, <clears throat> anyways, that I've been playing uh, in Japan, and then I was did spend some time hunting around for stuff. Uh, 
mostly just see if there's any like cool geeky things uh, around. And um, a couple of things that I found really interesting, <clears throat> at least the town that I was in, which is uh, Toyota City, um, right near Nagoya. For anybody that knows Japan it's, or wants to know Japan, look for Nagoya on a map. And then Aichi, Toyota City is like nearby. Anyways, um, I was looking for classic games and there was a classic game store but it was like a mile away and it we were tipping a hundred degrees uh in the city at that time which was record setting they hadn't had that um that temperature in the middle of july it's warm in the middle of july uh but not at that temperature in this city because it's a, it's right next to the water yada yada um and so blazing hot and i wasn't gonna walk a mile in a hundred degree heat just to freaking, you know, after work or during lunch and just get completely drenched in sweat and the humidity just so I could uh, <clears throat> get some gaming stuff. So I didn't have a rental car or anything like that. And I didn't want to bother my coworkers there to drive me around and, you know, at lunchtime. So needless to say, I didn't get to do too much. I did do one thing, though, which was I got Amiibo. Let me show you. I got the uh, the Pyra and the Mithra Amiibo. Now, granted, it's the it's the Japanese version. It's it's in English as well, um, and there's very minimal different. I mean, the, it's still the same figurines, just a different different box. But I freaking love the design of these figurines. Oh, it's hard to see. Let's see if I can get it closer. Oh well, blurry. Sorry, I'll turn blur off. Blur off. But um, uh, hell of a lot cheaper in Japan by like I think the price ended up being uh, like four or five bucks cheaper than it was in the U.S. So I'll take it. Um, and I bought, uh, I used the gotcha machine and bought some, got some Pokemon cards. So for like $7 gotcha machine, I tried it for Pokemon just for the heck of it. Cause I saw it there. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't win anything. Uh, I got just like man or power or whatever. Uh, and like two, two Pokemon, which I already had in English. So whatever. <clears throat> and then, um, what else did I do? I got JJ something and I was going to show him on here but he's not here. And so I'll have to send the day J next time, but I will say one thing. Uh, everybody in Japan was super nice. Um, maybe going back in September again. So we'll see. Uh, and, uh, gonna, you know, get those, those sky miles for Delta, get the air mileage. Uh, but, uh, and maybe, maybe I'll get a chance to spend some more time out of the office then and go check out some other stuff. I did eat a hell of a lot of good food. Hell of a lot of good food. I was joking. We had friends over today and I was telling them how while I was in Japan, um, they eat giant ass portions, by the way, like they put our portions to shame. Granted, it's all fresh food. It's all well-cooked food. Uh, it's all like there are minimal preservative preservatives and stuff. And the foods they use, it's all, it's way more natural, which means you don't feel like crap. If you're full over there, if I'm full here, I'm just like, Ugh, man, oh, the big ass bowl of pasta. Ugh. But over there, it's like, okay, I, I ate a lot of pasta and I'm full, but I can still walk. I don't know. It was really weird. A lot of rice, obviously, um, was because it's a big part of the uh, the food that I was eating, which was a hell of a lot of sushi and hell of a lot of ramen. Uh, so good. Did not, even though I got full, did not feel like crap. Come back to the come back to the U.S. Very first thing we did was go to a Coney Island, 
had a small little like pita wrap at a Coney Island and a uh, and some fries, and I felt like garbage afterwards. <laughs> Just goes to show you like the different types of processing and foods uh, around the world that uh, leaves you leaves your your tummy feeling different. So, if anything, it's going to make me try to use less preservatives in the food that I cook. You got it, Andrew. Yeah, it's a honey, man. For sure. I had the honey. Yes, the honey special uh, at National Coney Island. Yes, honeys are legendary. If you're in the Michigan area, especially Metro Detroit area, go to any Coney Island, any place that's labeled at Coney Island, and get a, get a honey, um, H-A-N-N-I. They are, they're basically like a chicken finger pita wrap, uh, and it's with mayo and like cheese it's it's just so good it's so good it's a staple it's like the best after bar food is really what it was you'd go there at um bars are closed at two o'clock and you'd show up at like 245 and you'd hang out till four o'clock eating honeys you'd have like two or three of them that was the magical days 20 years ago maybe more <clears throat> anywho all right japan japan was great hopefully you get to go again um Touch on a little bit of new. Yeah, I haven't been playing anything besides it. Oh, I do have. I have been playing. We joked about it a few weeks back, but I've been playing Tents and Trees, which is just such a solid, uh, solid game. Pick up Tents and Trees. It's free to play on your phones. Uh, it's kind of like Picross. I'm a big Picross fan. I think everyone in side questing is. Tents and Trees is like a little bit more visual Picross. Super easy to play, uh, and it's it's just a great, um, a fun experience. Uh, I will say I did pick up, started trying Pokemon Sleep, and uh, yeah, it's a snoozer of, I mean, it's boring. Um, it's really all I got to say. It measures your sleep. Put it on your bedstand. It actually, they want you to put your phone next to your head, which is, I move around too much. I'm going to knock my phone off, so I've been putting it on the bedstand, but uh, sleep tracker, I guess, but Pokemonified. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, anywho, a <clears throat> little bit of news. The uh, Obviously, the Xbox stuff has been, we've been talking about that for too long. Uh, but one thing that uh, was interesting was that Sony finally, finally gave in. Um, I feel like that part has, has formally ended <clears throat> or just about to end from Sony's side. They've said, okay, fine, whatever. We'll we'll go along with this. You guys win. Um, so they signed that 10-year agreement with Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, uh, which is great news. Um, that means that, you know, the biggest place for Call of Duty is PlayStation. It is where uh, most people play Call of Duty, more than PC, more than Xbox. PlayStation is the place for, for COD. And there's a big new COD game coming out this year. And over the next couple of years, <clears throat> Microsoft already signed the deal to bring COD to the Switch. The interesting, or to Nintendo platforms. Um, the interesting thing here is it's it's a, a much bigger win for Xbox, for Microsoft, than it is for Sony. Because initially, the plan was to bring more uh, Xbox games to sign a 10 year deal was to bring more Xbox games to PlayStation. So stuff that could have potentially shown up. I mean, I don't know what other games are that were, they were, they were discussing, but some future, you know, more future projects would have shown up there or at least some of the current projects that are ongoing. Yada, yada. 
now it's just strictly Call of Duty. So you're looking at the mainline COD games and Warzone, uh, and that's it. And so it's not, uh, it's been scaled back from that original. I mean, Microsoft is doing a victory dance. They weren't going to get rid of Call of Duty on PlayStation. That wasn't going to happen for five, six, seven years anyways. Now this is just, you know, they just put it in writing. It's going to be 10 years, whatever. Um, it's a loss for Sony uh, from that respect. So, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> hey, whatever. Uh, COD, is, COD is still COD. You know what you're getting a Call of Duty. You know you're getting the, the, the highest selling game of the year next to Gran Turismo. <laughs> uh, or sorry, Grand Theft Auto, Gran Turismo. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's odd how much Sony ended up losing over all of this because of just, you know, being big headed about their position in the market and, and so on, but that's it. Call of Duty. Um, now it's going to be on everything. Meanwhile, like I said, Microsoft, their 10 year agreement with Nintendo, I think was worded so that you would have more properties, including Call of Duty, but now it's, this is just Call of Duty on PlayStation. So. Um, I, I mean, honestly, the direction is to get, uh, by the way, thank you to Game Informer for this article. Blah, 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 blah. The direction is to get <clears throat> Game Pass on other platforms. Once that switch flips, no pun intended, uh, this point is all, it's going to be all moot. Uh, obviously, the, <clears throat> the advantage for Microsoft is, because they do have third parties and indies and stuff on Game Pass, and of course their single player stuff, or, or sorry, their, their first party stuff. Um, so that becomes a, a very excellent uh, thing for them because if you're getting Game Pass, you're going to get Call of Duty on Game Pass. Why would you buy it for the console that you're playing it on, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to buy a Call of Duty game again. I'm never going to put money towards that. Why? When I'll just be able to play it on Game Pass, which is likely where this is going to end up. So, um, yeah, it ends up overall, I think, being a very excellent thing for Microsoft, obviously, uh, because it's going to force more people to want to do um, get their projects on Game Pass across all these different platforms. And Microsoft can tell someone, listen, let us have Game Pass on your console. You guys focus on your first party stuff and focus on your hardware and we will we'll handle the service aspect of the software and da da da. da. So <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting next 10 years is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Uh speaking of interesting next 10 years there's an official this is on Eurogamer. There's an official Assassin's Creed Mirage haptic gaming suit. Oop, let me get this stupid. No, I do not want to freaking please site stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop with those stupid pop-ups. Uh, there's an Assassin's Creed haptic gaming suit coming out, which will let you feel the punches and the kicks and the stabs and uh, all the stuff that make Assassin's Creed great. Um, the These suits, I think the company is OWO. Um, scroll down. Yeah, OWO. There we go. O-W-O. They've been around for a while. In fact, <clears throat> I remember seeing, I think it was them, uh, at E3s and PAXs over the years, uh, years ago, they were a company that they initially set up, um, if this is the same company, but there's been similar companies. These are the kinds of companies that focus these on not necessarily the gaming aspect, but for the fitness, right? So you're going to be running, you're going to be working out. It measures you. It gives you feedback. 
uh, it vibrates. It's got some health bon- you know, bonuses to it. None of that ended up taking off. And so now they're tying into gaming and saying, hey, you can you can feel the action and uh, with the games that you're playing. Um, I will say this, though. Um, <clears throat> you see, guys, see this image, right? It's going to be knowing the, the shape of most gamers. Um, this is going to be a very form-fitting shirt, <laughs> this haptic gaming shirt. Uh, I don't know too many people that are that are in, in this in shape. And so there's going to have to be some, a broad range of sizes because this is pretty tight to the body, right, as you can kind of see here. Um, and if that's the case, there, folks might feel like it's on too tight. There's a little bit of claustrophobia going on. Uh, is it going to feel comfortable? Are there going to be, you know, 20, 30? Is there a men's and a women's version? Because there's a lot of questions to this thing. Is it a cool idea? Whatever. I'm not I'm not interested in it whatsoever. But um, yeah, how do you get this to be comfortable and uh, be able to fit the most amount of people? Because even the shirts that I wear, when I toggle between a medium and a large shirt, just depending on the the shirt and the type and the day, I mean, it's going to be impossible to, to get this correctly. I mean, you're going to have to try it on to make sure that it fits you. And I doubt Best Buy is going to let you try on a shirt there <laughs> and walk out. So <clears throat> last time I checked, Best Buy doesn't have any fitting rooms um, and neither does GameStop. So you're going to be ordering this sucker online or picking from one of like four or five different uh Four, three different sizes, and it's never going to fit right. But haptic stuff has always been talked about. Where is it going to go after the like the motion was was real popular, and when motion became super popular in the early two thousands, all the people started talking haptic, get the feedback, smell a vision. I don't see this taking off. I see it as, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. This is the kind of stuff that should sort of stick to gyms and uh, sports health type of stuff, I guess, but that's just my opinion. Um, and then last, I found this interesting. Uh, so there was the big Dolphin emulator. A lot of people use the Dolphin emulator to play GameCube and Wii games. Um, and <clears throat> it was going to be coming to Steam. They were all excited for it to come to Steam. And then Valve finally said, actually, you know what? Um we're not going to let you put it on Steam. Now, uh, people have used Dolphin to get some really great-looking visuals out of Wii and GameCube games, surprisingly, though, because it upreses really nicely and it uses some good um, techniques and, and all that kind of stuff to, to get really nice, really crisp visuals and textures on there. But <clears throat> part of the reason it does that is because it's using the key from the Wii to... Uh, es- essentially, it's spoofing this key or i think you know it the best way to put it is it's illegally using parts of the software that nintendo doesn't want you to use it's proprietary and by including that in their emulator it is uh you know that's the illegal aspect now if you can create your own system to do it where you're not actually taking active code or aspects of code then you're going to be typically okay because there are plenty of emulators on steam i've been using it on my steam deck to play some games like retro arc and that kind of stuff 
but Dolphin is actively using um, using stuff. So you can kind of see, see it here. So it's uh, let's see here. It uses the Wii common key, um, which is the crypto key that that decrypts the Wii games. So sucks for the folks that wanted to get it on Steam. At the same time, that yeah, don't use that. Don't use the actual key, the actual illegal aspect. There, um, you know, that's where that's where they got. It. That's where the DMCA takedown notices start. That's where the lawyers start getting involved. And because uh, unless you're sharing ROMs, you're typically okay to play stuff if you if you own a copy of the game. But um, a lot of people don't. Uh, so they <clears throat> stuff like this is actively, you know, using, using code, which they want you to use. So yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but I, I understand it in this case, if, and if I'm a, a dummy who can understand emulators from this aspect, don't use the actual code. Then I think the people that were putting it together, I'm surprised they let it get this far with that common key <laughs> with, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, listen, I can, uh, if I can get inside your house, your house is mine, but I need to, I need your keys to get inside your house. So I'm going to steal your keys. That's theft. Eh, maybe it's a horrible analogy. I haven't had enough coffee. I'm still running on like minimal sleep. I've been dozing on and off. Leave me alone. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the news again, super light news week. Um, and that's always, it's always good this time of year there are a bunch of games coming out like i said pikmin 4 just came out uh <clears throat> there's i think disney illusion island is coming out this coming week and then it's just game after game after game after game after game then you got the october apocalypse with game stuff and then you got movies and i did want to talk about that real quick um we went and saw uh well okay i <clears throat> mentioned the transformer stuff a few a few episodes back when I went to LA for Summer Game Fest, <laughs> went and saw Transformers Rise of the Beasts and that 4D seating experience there. Um, I wanted to talk about another movie, completely different type of movie, and that is Barbie. We went and saw Barbie yesterday, and Barbie is not what you think it is. Barbie is not a bubblegum popcorn movie. Barbie is an existential crisis, thought-provoking, oftentimes gut-punching movie. There are aspects to this where I like people had teary eyes. Leaving the theater, you look around, you're like, wow, some of the folks are this was hitting them, you know? Um, but uh, and I've been reading online the same thing. A lot of folks are talking about Barbie as being sort of this tearjerker. Uh and there are some really heavy themes that they're they've put them in playfully in Barbie. Like, you know, it, it's it's without getting into any details. I don't want to spoil anything because I do think a lot of people actually should see this movie. If you've seen Everything Everywhere All at Run Once, which I loved, I love that movie because it was it a martial. It's a <clears throat> family dynamic uh, acceptance movie masquerading as a martial arts multiverse film. Barbie is a is a self care, uh, self consciousness. They even kind of talk about self consciousness, um, understanding and letting yourself be who you are. Type of movie masquerading as a movie about a toy, 
And it's so well done from that standpoint. I mean, great cinematography, great sets. Uh, the dream house is in there. It was really cool. Everybody was wearing pink in the theater. That was pretty funny. Um, I hadn't seen that since Super Mar the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is funny to say, which is cool to say, <clears throat> two times now this year has there been a big cultural movie, the Mario Brothers movie, or everybody came dressed as Mario, and then this movie, everybody came in pink, that people all showed up dressed kind of in tune like the staff was set up that way and they were all kind of dressed in their own barbie gear and hats and there was pink everywhere the mario movie did the same thing i haven't seen that hadn't seen that since god six seven years at least before then so it's kind of cool <coughs> excuse me to see that twice in one year movies are back <clears throat> i think they said the movie made like 150 million in the u.s alone this weekend it beat out oppenheimer which also had like 70 to 80 million so Really strong week, and you still got Mission Impossible playing, Indiana Jones, other two movies I got to go see. Um, so it's movies are back, and then you got the Ninja Turtles film comes out in a couple weeks. You have a big movie, I guess there's something coming out this week as well. And then you got the fall apocalypse of movie after movie after movie. So it's um, movies are back, movies are back, baby. <clears throat> um, that's it, yeah. Go see Barbie, it's a totally different kind of movie, you will not expect the themes and the execution of those themes um, in the way they did it. And I think the last thing that I want to mention is uh, I think after today, <clears throat> Twitter is being renamed to X or maybe at some point today. Uh, so it's Twitter's gone. They're changing the logo to big X, I guess. Um, they're changing the name. You're going to X.com and the Twitter branding is gone. I mean, it's, it's Twitter. It's Elon. You know, he's going to, he's going to like hold that off for a second because there'll be enough backlash, but it's just kind of sad to see the, the fall of Twitter over the last, um, you know, the last year really when the, these talks first started. So yeah, it's a bummer. Goodbye, Twitter. It's been, it's been fun. I mean, if anything, it's helped me stay off of social media as much as I used to. I started using threads more and it's like the, was it the uh, the Koroks in uh, in Back to Tears of the Kingdom? The Koroks where they're like, I'm just looking, I'm just trying to find my friend. Uh, I think they're over there, and you follow the smoke. Well, everybody's been posting smoke. It's like I'm I'm trying to find my friend. I think they're on Threads. I'm trying to find my friend. I think they're on Blue Sky. I'm trying to find my friend. They're on Hive, and it's just like chasing friends all over the place. The one thing, uh, yeah, what one thing that's helped me is uh, getting away from. Twitter to try to follow all these other areas and all of them have, you get a big surge of people like the first week and then you, you inevitably stop going to it, but it's pulled me enough of away from Twitter <clears throat> and it's really segmented where the people I follow are that um, it's kind of got me away from social media in a way, which is kind of nice. Like I kind of like that. And so I've, I'm touching grass more. I'm playing video games. I'm seeing my, I have a family. I'm seeing my family more. Who would have thought? So yeah, if there's any advantage, it's that, is that it's gotten us away from <laughs> Twitter dying has, has actually helped get us away from social media as much as it used to. I think that is it. Uh, I will say this, that, let me get it. Hold on. I'm getting it. When you're on a, an overseas flight with Delta, they give everybody a face mask or, you know, a night sleeping mask, and they give everybody um, headphones and uh, slippers. And you're supposed to 
like leave these things or the majority of these things there. Definitely the headphones because the headphones cost money and you, there's no, you're not going to find any use for like the double, it's a double prong headphone system, which is smart. No one's going to take the headphones because there are no devices that use the two uh, inputs. But the human body has feet and the human body has eyes. So I, I took the slippers. <laughs> yeah. If I'm gonna, we're going to spend money on this flight. I'm walking away with these, with these slippers. So I'm going to put these suckers on. And uh, they'll be my slippers, really cheap slippers, but they'll be slippers. They're probably like 80 cents to make at most. <clears throat> the money that that Delta and these airlines make on flights, I'm sure they can they can not miss it. They so what happened? What had happened was they gave me two slippers by two two pairs of slippers by accident, and so I'm keeping one. They're not going to notice it. They're going to think, oh, there's there's one pair is left. So he must have not used it. Guess what, Delta? Your boy got your slippers. And guess what? You can find us at sidequesting.com. Sidequesting TV on YouTube and Twitch. Go to sidequesting.com. Go to the Discord there. It's a blast. Uh, we've had a lot of folks coming in and, and chatting around about um, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. There was a bunch of news that came out of Comic-Con from like trailers. So hop on the site, take a look at the trailers. <clears throat> posted some of my favorite ones. Um, but uh, I think the um, the next stop is PAX. So everyone's already talking PAX. So expect our PAX party list to go up in the next day or so here with some of those. Because there already have been a couple events that people have messaged us about. So definitely going to be um, starting to post those. Uh, we don't really handle the TwitchCon stuff for the folks that have asked me. But yeah, PAX West is coming up. And Gamescom, and well, I'm sure we're going to do an opening night live live stream, co-stream, which is those are kind of fun. Will anything major be announced? Probably not, because opening night live is usually here is the last little bit of stuff, uh, information for games before they launch this fall. So don't expect to be wowed by anything. Um, maybe an updated release date on some stuff, and maybe just like DLC on some things. And then, of course, the free-to-play. Maybe you'll get a Honkai Rail, <laughs> Honkai Star Rail uh, character reveal, but that's that's essentially it, that kind of thing. But who knows what could happen in the next month. Uh, anything could happen. But you know where you can find out when that stuff happens. Find it out at sidequesting.com. Visit us. Join us. Enjoy us, because we enjoy you. We'll see you. I'm Dolly Domofsky. By the way, nobody else joining me. I will see you on the next episode of the Sidequesting. Bye. Hit the end broadcast button.